0: Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire Fire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where now we are going into the 80s and visiting and learning about pop culture and having a hell of a time. The year 1981, the AIDS epidemic officially began when the U.S. Centers of Disease Control reported that five homosexual men in Los Angeles were being treated for pneumocystis pneumonia. The first DeLorean DMC-12 futuristic sports car was were produced in January 21st. The first 24-hour video music channel MTV Music Television is launched in the United States and airs its first video, "Video Killed the Radio Star" by the Bugles. I remember this video, and yes, very an appropriate. appropriate. Very appropriate. Um, did you hear that they're trying to bring the Delorean back as a re-release? Like, they're, they're I think I,
1: I think I did see that. Yeah,
0: I think you know what's funny. Like, I, I. Um, I I was always a big fan of the of the uh Nissan 300. Mm-hmm. The 3Z uh, 300Z. And um I remember that when they in the like mid 90s they stopped making it and then they brought it back in the in the mid 2000s I think or late yeah. 2000s. And like how it became an instant classic because of, you know, like it stopped being made. I always thought that was such a cool-looking car. And I did appreciate the upgrades. I thought it was, it looked amazing when it came back. So I, I kind of like, like the idea, with what like you know Mercedes has done with the, with the, with the door, with you know, with the Delorean doors now and stuff like that. I think I'd be interested to see somebody's uh, updated take on the Delorean. I think it'd be fun. Plus, you know, it'll open the door for the Back to the Future remake that is bound to happen, right?
1: Well, I mean, the fact that the car is now Back to the Future, of course, is. You know the marketing rights itself.
0: You know what they should do: concentrate on the car and less about the people. Yeah, maybe the movie should be about the person who built the car that then uses it to travel back to 1980. <laughs> yeah, where where do we travel back to now in Back to the Future?
1: <laughs> do you have to go farther back because they've been back, and we, you know, or do you have to go less far back because it's got to be relatable to some human beings who are still alive <laughs> at the time they? Were, I mean. The they time. went to the West for the one. Okay, so you go back to 1980 for like the first one, the eighties. That's class, that's popular right now with uh, you know, Stranger Things and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. That's Metallica true. coming out with a new album. You know, it's basically the eighties.
0: That's true. I didn't think about that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um And then you go 2050.
1: <laughs> y- well, yeah, yeah. What did they did they go to twenty? 20- 20-something, or what did they go to in the, you know, in the actual future This portion? is a meme I don't remember. that
0: happened, and I'm sure we're within five years of when it happened or was supposed to happen or will yeah.
1: happen. I'll say that. Maybe that's, what ha- maybe that's what screwed up our timeline that we're on. Maybe we actually were supposed to be there, and we diverged. Maybe.
0: But yeah, I think that would be an interesting remake. And do you think they would try to fit all three into one because – or do you think they would plan sequels like you know like Ooh. you don't know if you're going to get it so like you um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you you go for the well let's just try to, bed, just Yeah, let's go to the 80s. Let's go to 2050 and then let's go dinosaurs. Boom,
1: it flies. I I think I think you're better off just making the first one cuz the first one could stand alone. Like, it didn't need its sequels. Oh, that's true. You're right. And so like you're fine if that if that was all you got was the remake, you know? You'd be okay. And it's probably less risky in terms of, like, you know, how risk adverse Hollywood studios tend to be. Like, eh, it's less risky than jamming them all, and then, you know, perhaps people don't like it as much. You know, you just kind of cross your fingers and hope that nostalgia kicks in, then you can make more.
0: You know, I I think we should be Back to the Future consultants uh, for the next Back to the Future. I'm going to put it out there. I mean, we're
1: basically putting out our resume right now.
0: For all those Hollywood executives that listen, uh, you know, you know where to reach us at Pop Culture Hangfire and Instagram. Hey oh. <laughs> it's a good
1: transition. It's a good one.
0: All right, let's talk about births. Um, top of my list right here. Okay, not top of the list, but top of my list. I'm a huge fan of this rapper, American rapper, Young Buck. Uh, he was born in 1981. Uh, I was a huge fan of him when he was introduced to me when he joined the G Unit crew. But then he had a, a solo album called uh, Straight Outta Cashville that I think is still to this day one of the best uh, rock, uh, rap albums I, I've heard. And I love, I, look, I love all. I love the Chronic. I love that. I, I'll put it up there with it. It's, it was a fantastic one. I, are you familiar at all with Young Buck?
1: I'm not. I can't help but think that he's not as young of a buck as he used to be, though.
0: All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. This has <laughs> been. I mean, Gabe. God damn it, Gabe. Moving on to. Alicia Keys, American singer, pianist, and actress. I am a fan of hers. She has a, a beautiful voice. She was great in the movie Deuces Wild. No, Aces Wild? Aces? No, wait. Aces I Wild.
1: So. I think so. I think that was it. Sounds right.
0: Is, or am I c- combining the two Deuces Aces? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Daces Wild. Uh, I think it was Aces no it,
0: it doesn't sound right aces wild doesn't sound right
1: wait a minute is it smoking aces smoking aces woo! something was wild something was, was wild
0: hurt. it was definitely the smoking aces yeah that was a great movie uh, again a lot of people that is a good movie. it has a hell of an ensemble cast but she was great in that film uh and a beautiful singer i love her work um and then speaking of uh great singers musicians and even actors Justin Timberlake, born in 1941, 1941,
1: 1981.
0: Uh, this man has great comedic timing, a beautiful voice, great sense of humor. You know, all his appearances at the SNL, like you know, I still listen to, to the albums that he made after NSync. I just a, a great, great singer. My God, what a year. Then we have um Loki himself, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, To be completely honest, the only thing I will always recognize him for. He could have been a Doctor Who and I wouldn't have known. He could be a Doctor Who and I wouldn't know, But to be honest with you. uh, Loki, that's the only thing I know him from. And you know what? He is the best Loki that they could have chosen. And he will always be my Loki going forward. Up next, we have Jessica Alba, American actress and businesswoman, apparently. I don't know what the businesswoman part is, but I'm sure she, it means she produces and has pr- probably, uh, you know, created uh, TV shows, produced, maybe.
1: Um, yeah. She owns The Honest Company, a non-toxic household goods company that she started at the age of 29. Oh, okay. Oh, but, That's what they mean by businesswoman. All right,
0: good for her. I think she's just a nice actress. I, she, I think she's, uh, some of the movies that she's done have been, have been you know, she, she fits the role. Now, this person I know of, but if you asked me to name a song of his, I have no clue. American hip-hop musician. Uh, hip-hop musician, okay. And record producer, Pitbull, Mr. 305. Again, I know him because I lived in Miami. But if you asked me to name a song of his, I would probably name a Flo Rider song before I named the Pitbull song. Let's be honest here. Um, Fair. But yeah, uh, and I know what he looks like. I definitely know what he looks like, but no idea besides that of, of But I know, like I know he's I, he did songs with people too. Not only did he do songs by himself, by himself, but he also did songs with people. I know all that.
1: Uh, it's not my genre.
0: And then lastly, and probably mostly, Beyonce, the queen, American actress and R and B singer. I I just like everybody else. I got hip to her with Destiny's Child. I was actually a big fan of Destiny's Child. They they did some really good music. My gosh. Her solo work obviously, uh her collaborations obviously, her acting. I, she was awesome in uh, Cadillac Records. She's a uh, she's just everything and then some. She has that following that like she will always be, you know, like she's she's the she's our Michael Jackson. She's she will have her her beehive Uh, I think, till the day she dies. She's just amazing. I just listened to her new record. Not for me, but listened to it. Enjoyed it, but will not. Kind of like Taylor Swift. I heard she released an album, Midnight. I listened to it. Found a song or two that I liked. But for the most part, not for me. She is not for me. She's not writing music for me. Um, But I understand that she is a cultural phenomenon that will be spoken of for the rest of my life, just like Beyonce. So I I definitely do my homework, and I I do my part. Any thoughts on this Gabe, before we move on to the people who died?
1: No, I think there were some big names in there. Uh, I I maybe don't know a ton about them, but I I recognized uh, all of them except the uh, first one, and now I recognize that too.
0: I'll send you a I'll send you the album. Mm. All right, people who died. This is an interesting one um, because. I didn't think about him in this way, and then I was like, "Oh, wait, he is somebody." Okay, Jack Albertson. Does that name ring a bell at all? No. Okay. You've seen Willy Wonka and uh, the the nineteen uh, seventies version? Absolutely. Okay. He was the grandpa. Remember the grandpa? So like
1: uh, the four, four to a bed? One of yes, those two? to the
0: well. He's the one that actually goes on the on the adventure with him to the. <laughs> yeah, I figured. to the chocolate factory. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I picked one of the random other three who don't get any more screen time than when they're on the bed.
1: Um, hey, they're, they're people, too. They
0: are people. You're absolutely right, Gabe. I apologize. Um, but the other thing he did was he was on a sitcom called Chico and the Man. Do you do you recall or have you ever heard of Chico and the Man? No. Okay, so he played a character named Ed Brown on Chico and the Band. He was the man. And uh, he was the owner of a rundown garage in East L.A., in the barrio, as they say. And Freddie Prince Sr., okay, not, not to be confused with Freddie Prince Jr., mm-hmm. played uh, the main character, Chico. Uh, a young, optimistic Mexican looking for a job. And um, he found it, uh, working at this uh, a white man's uh, mechanic shop. But it was uh, it was the first U.S. television series to be set in a Mexican American neighborhood of East Los, so it it was a groundbreaking show that was on for about three years until um, Freddie Prince uh, committed suicide. So it's unfortunate, but it would have continued. Ooh, I know something we can dive into in another episode: Freddie Prince Jr. and Freddie Prince, because
1: yeah, I did not know that.
0: If you ever watched those old roasts, the old Dean Martin roasts, you know, you're familiar with those. Yeah. He would often be in those uh, as one of the people that would you know make the jokes and be at the table. He was, he was actually pretty well known in his time, and, and it was very unfortunate that he passed. So, interesting. So, Jack Albertson, though. We're talking about the, the white guy who died. Just want to make that clear. The other person I want to talk about who died um, is... And now, I don't, didn't know about this person until I saw his name and I saw his picture... And I was like, wait, I've seen this picture before. Um, but I had seen the picture as a, as a statue. Uh, Terry Fox. Does that name sound familiar at all? Mm-mm. Okay. Uh,
1: 1958
0: to 1981. That makes him 22 years old. Uh, Canadian athlete, humanitarian, and cancer research activist. In 1980, with having one leg having been amputated due to cancer he embarked on an uh, east-to-west cross Canada run to raise money and awareness to cancer research. I have heard of that. Yes, although the spread of his cancer eventually forced him to end his quest after 143 days and 3,339 miles and ultimately cost him his life, his efforts resulted in a lasting worldwide legacy. The annual Terry Fox Run, first held in 1981, has grown to involved millions of participants in over 60 countries and is now the world's largest one-day fundraiser for cancer research over 850 million has been raised in his name as of September 2022 and i've seen the i've seen the statue and he's in the statue he's missing a leg and i and i and i've seen it and to see his name and then see his picture and i'm like i can recognize his picture Based on that statue, and then did the research, and I was like, "Oh my God, what an interesting, interesting human being!" Yeah. But imagine, twenty-two years old, cancer got him. That was an interesting one.
1: Yeah, no, that's a that's a very interesting story.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad that they still keep the run going. Uh, you know, thirty years later, forty years later, Jesus, forty years later, Gabe, 1981 was 41 years ago. Wild. Wild. Moving on to movies. The first one, big one. Have you seen Escape from New York? I haven't. Interesting. Co written, co scored, and directed by John Carpenter. It stars Kurt Russell as. Do you know the name, at least?
1: I, d- I don't know who he plays. Oh
0: my God, Gabe. Snake Plissken. This is literally like the person that that influenced, like, you know, Snake. Uh, not Snake Eyes. Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Kurt Russell, Lee Van Cleef, Ernest Borgnine is in this. Set in the near future world of nineteen ninety-seven, Gabe. <laughs> the near future. The yeah, near future of nineteen. 19- Remember, this would have been seven. I know. It's so six, long. <laughs> Sixteen years later. <laughs> and 30 years ago 25 years ago for us so this is what happens this is the plot of this movie gabe okay and it's it's fucking amazing um the united states has become a crime written country and it's literally converted manhattan island in new york into a maximum security prison the entire place has been turned into a prison gabe
1: i mean it, it sounds right so far
0: so far right Air Force One was hijacked by insurgents and deliberately crashed into Manhattan. Ex-soldier and current federal prisoner, Snake Pliston, is given just 24 hours to go in and rescue the president of the United States. After which, if he is successful, Gabe, he will be pardoned. Escape from uh, it's, New York. It's,
1: fu- it's funny how they're still offering those deals to prisoners, you know?
0: You think they would have learned by now, right? Um, I'm gonna give you one chance. <laughs> yep, this was a it's a John Carpenter movie, so it was a little bit indie. Six million dollar budget did not make a lot, but became a cult classic. Uh, that's so. In the '90s, they re, they did the Escape from L.A. version, which was you know over the top, of course, because now they're trying to live up to the to the hype. And Kurt Russell did come back as Snake Plissken. Uh, Escape from New York is fun, dude, but it is definitely a 1980s movie. Like you, yeah, yeah. It's it's that. So, but I, yeah, no. It's a it's a movie I recommend. It's a, it's a fun movie, and Kurt Russell is is great in it. Uh, next movie for you, Gabe, Time Bandits. Heard of it? Seen it?
1: I don't recall it. No.
0: This is an interesting film because when I remember it, I remember um, an entire cast of of little people who are pirate-slash-treasure hunters, and they have access to time travel, and they are time-traveling and stealing treasures, but doing it because they have the map to time travel, so that they're on scene. But upon reading the description of the movie, apparently it has Sean Connery, John Cleese, it was like written by half of the Monty Python crew,
1: And notably normal-sized people.
0: And notably normal-sized people. But I remember it was a kid and these time bandits come into his room, these little people come into his room, and then they go back and he follows them, and then he goes into the adventure of jumping through time and, like, stealing treasures. It was a fun movie, if I recall. It's Uh, a fun concept. It was. It really was. It had a a very much of a labyrinth feel to it, you know, like a dark crystal feel to it. So, uh. I don't know if I recommend or don't, but I remember it being fun. It might be a movie I might have to watch, but I don't know if I'm going to commit to doing it between now and the next episode. Just not going to lie about that.
1: Fair. Uh,
0: Here's another one. An American Werewolf in London. Have you seen this? No. Okay. Horror comedy written and directed by John Landis. John Landis, who gave us National Lampoon's Animal House and Blues Brothers. Here's a fun fact. At the 54th American Academy Awards, uh, an American werewolf in London won the first ever Academy Award for best makeup. The transformation, this is, I remember this. The transformation that he has from regular to werewolf is impressive. Like, they use some really cool live, uh, live action animatronics and like, just really great special effects. You know, they didn't do the whole like, you know, he trans—no, no, no they really showed you his like hands like um enlarging and 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 like extending and it was really well done. I remember that but the plot of the movie I don't remember. I think it was these two guys who are a tourist in France and they get bitten by a one of them gets scratched by a werewolf and then he becomes a werewolf. I
1: yeah, remember well, that's that how it works. I
0: don't remember know? it being a horror comedy to be honest with you. I thought it was considered a horror movie like a like a fright night or something like that. But yeah, um that happened. Then we have a big one. Das Boot. Have you seen? I know you heard of it, but have you seen it? I have seen this. All right. This is a German war film written and directed by Wolfgang Peterson, the same man who brought us The never-ending story and in, in the Line of Fire. It's an adaptation of a book with the same name. Now, I've seen this movie, and I remember liking this movie because of something very simple. It is not pro German, it is not pro war, it is not pro anything. It is about the excitement of battle, the 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 tediousness of waiting, the 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 thing about you're serving for your country and you mean to do well by your country, but not like pro country, you know, like not like oh pro Germany, it's like no no, I'm proud of where I'm from and I'm going to do the best that I can in this, you know? Uh, but it is set during World War II, so you know what it's about. But it's one of those movies where I never felt like it was pro-German or like I'm trying to give you the other, It was definitely like the grunt version. Like we are the grunts. We do this work. This is why we do it. It could have been any country they could have been representing. I remember liking that scenario in the movie where there's a lot of tension and a lot of good acting. And definitely I could relate to the put a lot of effort into nothing in return. I will say that.
1: Fair, Yeah. I think uh that, that describes it very well. It was very focused on the people and the story and not on the framing being trying to influence your opinion of the framing.
0: Yeah. That's see, Gabe, man, this is why you're here. Well I have better wording. It's because you've been American longer than me, by the way, technically. <laughs> um, and then the last two movies we'll talk about, just because they're they're I mean, it's a franchise that's basically interchangeable. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Let's be honest; it really is. Halloween two, and Friday the Thirteenth Part Two both came out in um, in nineteen eighty one. Obviously, Halloween, being a Halloween movie, came was released in Halloween October thirtieth. Um, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two was released in May. Here's the thing about these movies, and let's, let's let's dive deep into a franchise like this right now. I can tell you more about the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Than I can about Halloween, because but but at the same time I can tell you a ton about Halloween because it always happens on Halloween, it always involves Mike Myers, and it it ends with Mike Myers being stopped supposedly. Now the difference with Friday the Thirteenth one two and three, huge huge things happened in this in this in this franchise right. So part one, Crystal Lake, it is not Jason, it's Jason's mother taking. Her anger out on these camp counselors who she feels made, uh, allowed her, her child to be, to, to, to be unsupervised in the lake and drowned. So at the end of the movie, you find that it was, it was the mom the whole time. But at the same time, at the end of the movie, some sort of magical thing happens where he comes back to life from the water. So part two, it is Jason officially murdering everybody. Fun fact, Gabe, he did not wear... The Hockey Mask in Part 2. The Hockey Mask of Friday the 13th and Jason does not get introduced until the end of Part 3.
1: The iconic mask.
0: Right? If you think of the franchise, you never think of him without it. And you also think he probably was, has been Jason since Part 1. Has not, Gabe. Has not. Fun fact. Uh, of the many iterations of Jason, he has gone to Manhattan. That was one of the movies. He has gone into space in Jason X. He has also fought Freddy and went to hell. The man is uh, well-traveled, well-traveled, and uh, a wanderer who is not lost. Uh, were you ever like into, like deep into any of these, or have you followed like any any franchise of horror? Technically, like
1: not not even mildly.
0: With with you loving metal music, it, never that those two never combined.
1: Nope, never crossed over.
0: Interesting, because I I definitely like I remember as a kid I watched all these I don't remember them, I I I, I remember more of the Freddy Krueger stuff that Nightmare on Elm Street, um, and I think the franchises after that were like what Saw and Leprechaun and like
1: yeah uh, they got into the uh, they got into the shock, they started to become more of the um gory shock kind of, you know not just we're gonna. Scare you and yeah, the the genre changed. No, I didn't. I never got into any of it.
0: And you know what's funny? When I was a kid, I recall that I recall that Freddy Krueger actually did scare me, right? um I've rewatched those the Freddy Krueger movies, and maybe that's why I'm more familiar with them. But um rewatching them first, I'm I'm uh, shocked by the actors. That came out in those movies. That's the first thing I'm like, oh, this person was in this movie. That's crazy, but then I'm also shocked that they're actually very funny. Like, again, surprisingly, like funny in 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 how they they thought that would scare us. You know, like in in back in the day, it's it's again very interesting. Dude, like that when you rewatch a film like that, and yeah. you're just like. Oh this is not a scary movie. It I I see what they were trying to do. I know they were trying to be they were trying to be scary but I it's not it's not a thing. And again, maybe because like you said, like they've gone we've gone into gore and we've gone into all these other types of movies and and now we've seen like the worst and like so much into our faces. Um, that when we go back into that, we're like, oh, yeah, no, this is, yeah, this is weak, uh, whatever.
1: <laughs> Tame.
0: Yeah, you know, honestly, that that that's very interesting to me. Let's quickly talk about some first appearances or debuts for 1981. Um, I just want to thank Wikipedia because whoever has been doing their due diligence on Wikipedia, my God. I mean, if I could give them money, I would. Um, Some of our highlights, we have Ben Affleck made his film debut. The Dark End of the Street is the name of the movie that he debuted in. Spoopy. Uh, Very, very much so. Uh, James Cameron, Piranha 2, The Spawning, as a director.
1: It's a solid pickup for uh, Mr. Cameron. I think so,
0: too. I think so, too. Tom Cruise, Endless Love. That was his first uh, movie. We have to give uh, two people here a shout-out. Uh, for you, Gabe, Hugo Weaving... Dot, 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 maybe this time was the name of the movie that he was in. I say Hugo Weaving because of, you know, Lord of the Rings.
1: Right? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And uh, one of the greatest actors... Wait, how
1: old was he, did it say?
0: Ooh, let's find out. Hugo Weaving was born in 1960, so he would have been 21
1: Okay. I mean, that's not, that's not crazy. He just wasn't a child actor. Okay.
0: What do you, was that your, Well,
1: I for his, for his debut, I was like, wait a minute. Like how old was he when he debuted? Cause he, he always seems he's so, you know, he's kind of craggy and stuff. He's a little bit, uh, he
0: looked that way back then, I believe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. He, him, uh, he was, he was doing, uh, Clint Eastwood, you know, where not too long into your life, suddenly you're just, you know, you're like 38 perpetually.
0: But you know, I'm glad you asked about him because Denzel Washington also premieres debuts in 1981, and he was born six years, so he was 27 when he when he got his his big break or his break, I should say, because who knows? Mm. You know, like I don't remember a lot of Denzel in the 80s. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that, but yeah. Oh, and you know, uh, fun one. The, the I'll, I'll end it with here. You're familiar with the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I'm sure we should have done this in that episode. Um, do you recall the person that guides him there and then leaves him there into the into the the the, the beginning of the temple? Yeah, Alfred
1: Molina. That was, that was his debut. That was his debut. Nice,
0: right? That's fantastic. That is. All right, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Um, I do have I do have some something old, something new. I binged the season of Peacemaker and I highly recommend. That is a fun, fun show. Uh, If you haven't seen uh, the second Suicide Squad where he gets introduced, it's John Cena playing a very specific um, DC character who got the spinoff into this TV show uh, written and directed by James Gunn. I think he directed eight out of the ten episodes and wrote pretty much all of them. It's it's a it's a great, great TV show. Uh John Cena's fantastic. Everybody in the cast is fantastic, but it's a it's a very gritty storytelling of the superheroes without superpowers kind of thing who are willing to do you know, the the Suicide Squad style. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, no, it was it was uh it was really good. It was really well done. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I these are forty four minute episodes. I was watching like two a day. Like in, in between meetings at work, I'm like, oh, I gotta catch up. I gotta... Yeah, no, it was it was bad. It was bad. I I avoided a ton of work to be able to, to be able to get these in. Don't worry, it's okay. My boss doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's one thing I watched this week that I um I'm so happy I did. Uh, it's belated because I had been planning on doing it for a while. Um highly recommend it highly recommend it the other thing is i watched episode 10 of andor it is one of the best episodes i have seen of a of one of these um disney plus tv shows like the star wars tv shows yeah it was cinematic it i mean it felt like it felt like a movie a really well high budget movie um it was such a good episode. I don't know what's gonna happen in episode eleven or twelve. I don't know how they're gonna end it, but this episode again, it just felt different. And I need to look up who directed it and what they've done because it 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 was definitely bigger, way bigger than than the other ones. I felt it was so well done. Um, but yeah, so I'm all caught up on Andor, uh, and uh, and I just uh, watched the entire season of uh, Peacemaker. That's uh, that's cool. something old, something new for me.
1: I haven't even started Andor, but I've heard nothing but good things pretty constantly. So I'm yeah. excited for, for when I get to it. Uh, for me, I had a lot of like extra, like I was doing extra work before the holiday, and then I had a lot of driving I did, and then uh, I got sick. So the only thing I really did that was related was I, I finished I finished a reread of a book that I like, in part because there is a sequel. So the original the first book is called The Icarus Hunt by Timothy Zahn. Okay. And it came out in it was published August 3rd of 1999 and I don't even remember like I know Timothy Zahn from his he did a lot of Star Wars books back in expanded universe, you know, way back in the day. He did some of the first um post-movie big books that like got a lot of attention and like were kind of foundational to like how the universe shaped around after the movies.
0: So we're talking about like late 70s,
1: early 80s? Uh, Let me look at the actual publishing. Probably 80s. Let me do... Because it was after Return of the Jedi. It was like after those were done. So let's do... um, So...
0: Oh, okay. So, So 76 was the first Star Wars. 79, 80 was the second, right? So... Return of the Jedi would have been... Would have been 73, probably? I mean, 83? Or 85, maybe?
1: So... Again, not the earliest, earliest novels that were ever written. I have actually some of those, and some of those were written in, in the midst of the movies coming out. The original first book he did, I want to say for Star Wars, if I'm doing this correctly, Air to the Empire, it says originally published May 1st, 1991. Oh, OK. So it probably took, I, I'm not the, the best on the timeline in the history, but like he got a lot of attention for those. They were very well regarded, um, highly, highly uh, acclaimed uh, as far as storytelling. <laughs> So I know him as a result of his work in Star Wars. And so I think we just came across my brother and I like, he, you know, he he has his own IPs that he's done. And this is a kind of a standalone book up to this point that had just been a cool sci-fi story. You know, there's, you know, you could draw some obvious Star Wars-y parallels to where, like the main guy's kind of a, you know, he feels like a Han Solo-y like character, you know, and he's got an alien sidekick who's not a big hairy dog, but like, you know, you feel a little bit of a vibe there, but, it's kind of a, 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 it becomes like this like plot and murder mystery on a ship he's flying. And like, it's, it's fun. It's fun. I've read it a long time ago. Um, it recently got released on Audible. So oh, I, okay. I, I went through it again while I was traveling and doing stuff. And then the part of the impetus was a, I don't know if I'd call it, it's not really like a sequel because it's not the same people. It's like a, it is a sequel, but it's about different people in the same universe. There is some tie in uh, called the Icarus plot that was released this year july 5th 2022 and i hadn't even it had flown under my radar until my brother noticed it and sent it to me and so uh i'm now working my way through that and uh honestly like it's impressive that like that many years later 99 to 2022 you know he's picked up the same kind of feels of, for that for that world he created he had one book that he made this universe in you know the technology the things that happened you know and of course he was influenced by its time in in 1999 so it's not at this point it's not as futuristic as someone might make a sci-fi place if they were creating it new but um he he, he slips right into it again perfectly which is just super impressive you know because he's done a bunch of other work in between um but it's been a good read so far um they're both good i like them
0: but yeah no that's awesome dude uh i i haven't read a good sci-fi book honestly since i read like I think Ready Player One, I reread that, you know, like a year or two ago. I think that's the last sci-fi book I've read. Uh, my interests l- recently have been rereading um, a lot of Stoic stuff. and um, uh, But I have, like, I remember... Because sci-fi, for some reason, Ender's Game, you know, like, like uh, you know, Starship Troopers, those are sci-fi to me. I've even tried the John Carter ones. Um, I I never really, like... I've never felt connected to, to like a sci-fi author or like a sci-fi series and never followed through on any of those for some reason. I, I mean, I, I guess Lord of the Rings doesn't count as sci-fi, right? Or,
1: or Fantasy. Yeah, Fantasy, that's... right, yeah.
0: And even then, I've only read The Three and The Hobbit. Like it's, it, it wasn't, I, would, I didn't go down that rabbit hole either. But that's cool. And I, you know what? It's funny. I do podcasts, but I don't do audiobooks yeah never never a thing that i can I, I for some reason I okay okay let me god i am just taking everything back i've done audiobooks on youtube while i'm working like it's playing in the yeah, background yeah. but never when i go for a walk am i listening to an audiobook you know
1: yeah while driving while walking sometimes while working or just like lying down in bed rather than have a screen on audiobooks or Audiobooks are pretty good, and and Audible caught onto that, and they even put a sleep timer in the app where you can just <laughs> set a timer. And they even they just upgraded it where like now you don't even have to turn the screen on if you want to extend it, right? Like if you go past whatever timer you set, you just shake the phone.
0: Really? And it, uh,
1: it it redoes the timer again. Yeah, and make it real convenient to like utilize technology. Try not to yeah. disturb your you know your wind down.
0: You know what, Gabe? Let's let's end this podcast with with advice. For, I think you said something right now where you said, you know, just laying down, listening, just to not stare at a screen, right? Um, Very quickly, man. What are what are some of your best tips of like not avoiding screen time, but doing something other than screen time?
1: I mean, I'll give you all the tips that I feel like I've heard, but I don't follow because I'm bad at it, Uh, especially especially with being work from home predominantly, um, you can just have screens on. So even if you're not looking at them, you're, you're using them. And I, I used to listen to a lot more um, audio stuff. So like podcasts and audiobooks are great um, ideas for that. Because uh, for me, any sort of mundane chore or task, I want to be somewhere else. So if I'm washing dishes or if I'm you know cleaning up around the house or doing something, it's going to be much more a valuable time for me you know i the cleaning has to get done it doesn't matter if it feels like it's wasted time you got to do it so making it entertaining is a big deal for me so listening to something and like i like music at certain times but like i'm not one of those people that just puts on music whenever there's not something going on so having something more stimulating like an audiobook or a podcast that's good um i don't have a tv in my bedroom that's how i limit some of my i mean admittedly i have an ipad that i'll I'll use sometimes. So it's like, it's not like I'm puritanical about it. I'm not, you know, but I don't have a TV just to make it. So I can't just zone out and watch TV, you know, TV's in the living room. That's where I'm going to watch it. If I'm going to watch TV. Um, what else is good? I mean, honestly, if you're, I do use like a timer. I have like a bedtime thing set and I have my, uh, my phone is set to remind me to start winding down 45 minutes before I want to be asleep. Oh, wow. And that's kind of a primer to like stop. Using screens, and again, I do not follow it particularly well, but it's there, and I know I'm just choosing <laughs> choosing <laughs> not to but but realistically, if you avoid that screen for like forty five minutes or an hour before you're trying to lie down, it's supposed to help you fall asleep easier
0: because you're getting
1: that you're not getting that light stimulus um right into your eyes the blue light particularly yeah, the blue I guess light, yeah
0: yeah and the famous facebook Twitter blue light <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. I, I, uh, I definitely watch the screen and then fall asleep two minutes later. I, I do not have a problem with that. I, I, I have learned sleep is paramount, and uh, you, I will sleep standing if I have to
1: because sleep. Gets... If I'm tired, it don't matter. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, All right. Cool. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you next week.